Welcome into the NSFW Dynasty podcast. Uh, unfortunately, our our co-host Joey Gallo could not be with us tonight. He had some uh, parenting uh, uh, items that had to pop up today. We, we're both dads here, so we understand uh, kids have their own schedules that uh, we have to abide by. But I'm here, Dave Reed, still, and joined by your my co-host Ryan Wilkinson. Yeah, good to be here two days away from the start of the season. We've been podcasting for months, so it's nice to finally get to the actual season, have some real content to talk about, and uh, and Joe, we miss you. Uh, we'll have you on the next podcast, hopefully, but uh, like Dave said, can't control kids, so we understand. And fortunately, Joe was actually able to record some content that we'll be including into this pod as well, so even though he's uh, not physically or uh, digitally here with us we will still feel like he's part of the pod um but yeah finally we're gonna get some real content no longer uh, making things up uh to keep you guys engaged so um, we're very excited about that but if you've uh, been listening to all the episodes as i know you have been because you are loyal listeners uh <laughs> and you don't have a choice but since you're in the league we did our own power rankings of the league to start the season um but now that there's been real football played or, or preseason football played a lot of has changed in our views of these uh, the players and, and all the teams in our league. So we figured it'd be time for a power ranking update. So with that, Ryan, why don't you, uh, you give us a quick update about what your power rankings look like and any big movers. Yeah, so I took a look at my rankings, and honestly, I was pretty happy with them. I like where they're at. I kind of want to see how it plays out. So I only really moved one team, and that is Team Schluter. I originally had him at number nine, but I moved him up to number four to start the season. Looking at his team more, I got to admit, I think Lamar Jackson is going to have a big year. Kirk Cousins is definitely a very good serviceable fantasy QB this year. Uh, I actually like Cam Akers more now than I did when we drafted. I think he has a chance to be pretty good this year. He was on fire to end the season last year. And if that continues, you know, he could have a big year this year. He also did add Stevenson in the trade from Sean and I, who we drafted and I do love, you know, add an AJ Brown. So he's uh, up there in everyone's rankings now, and I do think he competes for a title this year. So I had to move him up to start the season, but everyone else I want to see. My own team, I'm a little more nervous about. Um, We have Terry McLaurin as our top wide receiver. He injured his toe, uh, hoping it doesn't linger too long. But we do still have Allen and Hurts. So when I looked at John and now Pat's team, as well as Scott's teams, uh, I still think we could take them. You know, Scott has Cooper Cup and Jerry Judy both dealing with injuries now. Uh, I have Cooper Cup in a different league, and I'm very nervous there. So uh, that that's where I left my rankings. So to run through them quickly, I still have Matt and Dan at the top, Kropa at number two, Katfer and Mike Williams at number three. I moved Schluter into the number four spot, Harrison and Dan at number five, Dave at number six, Joe at number seven, Adam and Katz at number eight, Canellos at number nine, Kept myself and Sean at number 10, John and Pat at 11, and Scott at 12. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, it's interesting to see our uh, power rankings begin to align now that we've seen players in our uh, 
our perception of these players are starting to align more um, based on the football that we're seeing on the field. Uh, what uh, And I'll get into my ranks in a second. It is interesting to see that both of us have potentially all three uh, hosts m- maybe missing the playoffs. So that means you're only going to get better rookie content later in the season. Uh, <laughs> but uh, moving to my rankings, uh, my top three uh, remain unchanged. I have Schluter in my top spot, Madden, Dan Rosinski, number two, Canales, number three, Crope making a big leap up to number four, Adam and Katz up to number five. I myself slid down to number six, Kaffer and Mike Williams up to number seven. Uh, Harrison DaCosta uh, slid down to eight. John and Pat made a little leap up to nine out of the bottom spot. Joey Gallo moved down to 10. Ryan and Sean Wilkinson slid all the way to 11. And Scott hit the bottom of the barrel at number 12. Um, I, I, I wish I had Joe here to de- defend our bottom rankings here, but uh, I had a feeling it was coming from you. I knew you didn't love the trade we made and were much more of a Stevenson fan, so I, I had it coming. Uh, it's, I mean, I, I get it. Uh, I get the move. The team, your team definitely in moving, uh, for, I guess, for my bottom movers first. Uh, obviously, your team took a, a tumble, but your team is clearly now playing for the future. It looks like what you're setting up with, which I, I agree with. Uh, you have a foundation in your two quarterbacks that are utterly elite with Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts. No one can compete with that. It's just that after that, it gets rough. It's like, as you mentioned, Terry's hurt. Tony is always hurt. Mike Williams is sure to be hurt soon. Jameson Williams is hurt and can't rehab with his team for the next six weeks. Um, so, like, the wide receiver core, at least for the current year, is looking a little rough. Uh, Madison and Rashad White, they're, like, in the, the QB dead zone, I mean, RB dead zone, where, like, they could be good. They could lose their job later this year or, or next year. So, a little tough to feel super confident about them. Um, and the rest of the bench leaves a little bit to be desired. But, again, QB's figured out, and you got two first-round picks, I think, next year. So it's a little overwhelming the amount of holes they got to fill, but you got the resource to potentially to do it. So, uh, yeah. but the current look, yeah, a little, little risky. So it took a stumble, but you're still ahead of Scott. Um, that is true. That is so true. Scott, uh, I was optimistic about his team in my last ranking, but uh, and that was mainly because of the skepticism around his quarterbacks, and that situation has slightly improved where Jimmy G and Tannehill. Both their roles actually look pretty secure this year. And he even has rookie Clayton Toon, who might get uh, some starts uh, at the beginning of the year with Kyler out. Um, but uh, after that, he had a lot of advantages at uh, all the other positions that with due to injury uh, and depth and like uh, competition from other uh, recently signed free agents, it's uh, those early season advantages seem to be going away. Cup and Judy both are dealing with hamstring issues, which always have a high chance of re-injury. Kittle has a groin injury. Brees, who's recovering from ACL, has to deal with Dalvin Cook now. Um, and even James Conner, who not hurt uh, but and should get all the touches in Arizona, but who cares when you're on a uh, Kyler Murray less led offense that's going to be sputtering early and often, probably get a number one pick next year. Uh, so I just think at full strength, yes, he can compete with anyone, but unfortunately he is not at full strength, and I think uh, he's going to have a lot of struggles going forward. Uh, for some big movers, try to get a little positive there. I got a little bad taste in my mouth after those. I <laughs> uh, got Croak, who uh, I had lower my rankings, um, but that was because I had a lot of concerns about uh, how many players on this team you had to project to take a step forward this year. 
Um, but this also was made before the Kelsey news who uh, hyperextended his knee earlier today. does sound like his ACL is okay and it should only be a couple weeks, but we still haven't got the full, uh, full picture on what, what happened there. But assuming he's okay, I think his team is going to really make some noise this year. Um, I still don't love uh, that he has uh, the whole Eagles running back room and Swift and Penny, or at least the running backs that apparently you don't want. Gamewell gets the hype as the lead dog there. But I have risen a bit on Amari Cooper. Calvin Ridley looks like that dude who's like he used to be this preseason. So I'm actually rising big on him. Uh, Jordan Love actually has looked very solid and should be a good QB too. And even Van Jefferson, who was a late round pick with the Cooper Cup injury, should be getting a ton of targets going forward, at least in the first ha- half of the year. And I got to give some props to John Clark and Pat. Um, I was very critical of their team. They were in the bottom spot in my initial link- rankings. Um, but even though I don't love Ken Walker, I still think he'll be solid, but I have gained a lot of confidence in Damian Pierce based on his usage this preseason. Um, even though, and I no longer think Singletary is going to be that much of an issue. Debo should get a ton of looks now with Kittle dealing with a groin injury. And James Cook is looking like a prime breakout candidate. And Pickens has got to be one of the biggest ADP risers based on the highlights this preseason alone. Still think he's got a lot of depth issues, but overall I think he's got a lot of youth on his team that have a lot of upside and can uh, continue to ascend up the rankings. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think, like you said, our rankings are definitely more in line than they were initially. Um, I had Kropa at number two, and now you've moved him up, and I had Schluter at number nine and moved him up, and you always had him at the top. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, we're all on the Schluter bandwagon. I think even Joe had him. And once Joe gets his final updates, we'll, we'll flow that into our, our league doc, and we'll have an updated consensus, consensus rankings that the league can all look at and see how they're trending. Um, but with that, as we mentioned, uh, the league is the start of the league is only two days away. Um, and with that, we wanted to call our shots with some bold predictions. And honestly, when you're in your drafts, like in your in the mid to later rounds, you're kind of making bold predictions anyway. You're seeing a path forward and, and try to buy into a narrative you believe in. That's that's what bold predictions are. So we thought it'd be fun to announce some of ours and, and maybe get some of the other league mates involved as well. Um, and with that said. One of the first bull pr- uh, predictions that we're going to bring up is from um, Pat Saucier, who's the co-manager and brother-in-law of John Clark of the team I just said, got a little boost in my power rankings. Um, yet he couldn't figure out how to record his audio and send it to me. So I'm going to have to read his bull prediction. And his bull prediction for the 2023 season is, Michael Thomas, wide receiver of the New Orleans Saints, will reach 1,000 yards receiving in his first healthy season since the melee of injuries dating back to 2019. He's been getting rave reviews throughout training camp and preseason and believes he is finally 100% healthy with no setbacks and looking like his old self. Derek Carr is going into the season highly motivated and will support more than just Chris Olave in fantasy and Michael Thomas. The return of MT is here. Even though my velvety voice read that bold prediction, please don't believe that I believe it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the key there is first healthy season. Uh, Hasn't happened since 2019, so maybe it happens this year, but I think it's a big if. Uh, I do like Derek Carr, and I do think, you know, it should be a, a good passing offense. And if he is healthy and does play the entire season, it could happen, but I don't personally see it happening uh and sounds like you don't either dave yeah i mean i'll and i understand there is definitely a a world where this does happen and i know a lot of people have been buying into it i just i can't get myself to do it like i 
too many times in the past, and I've done it myself, where there's been a player who used to be a stud and is hurt for multiple years in a row. One year is fine, but multiple years in a row, I just never see those players ever return to form. It's like just such, in my opinion, bad bet to make. Um, I also love Chris Olave, which even though I, I understand both can coexist, I just I want to give all my love to Chris Olave. I don't want any MT in my life. Give me Olave. I have no shares of him either, and I've been trying to get some. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was going to say the same thing about, you know, one-year injury. Maybe you see people come back from that, but for him to return to form from four years ago is a pretty big if. Uh, he's four years older now too, so uh, it's bold for sure. Yeah, I mean, I remember uh, – I'm a little burned by uh, Michael Thomas. I drafted him in the first round a couple years ago while I was in the delivery room with my first son <laughs> about to be born. Uh, that is commitment that we have here. And he <laughs> played, like, what, a game for me? So I never want Michael Thomas again <laughs> after that. But uh, speaking of being in the delivery room, our next bull prediction comes from Matt Rosinski, who actually just welcomed his second child in Cooper uh, only a couple days ago. So we want to send our congrats to Matty before playing his bull prediction. Yeah, congrats, Matt. And with that, take it away, Matty. Hi, guys. This is Matt from Dan's team. And my 2023 hot take for the NFL season is I believe that Josh Allen will be outside the top five in final QB rankings at the end of the season. Uh, I think contributing to that will be a combination of him continuing to play injured and banged up, banged up throughout the season. It will correlate to an increase in more turnovers for him, and I think that will result in him being outside the top five. I do believe he'll be a top ten quarterback, but I don't believe it will be a top five quarterback. And if I had to take a bolder prediction... I think the top five quarterbacks for the season will be Mahomes, Hertz, Burrow, Herbert, and Lamar Jackson. And that's my hot take for the 2023 season. I wish everyone good luck. All right. Thank you, Matty. Um, but I don't know. I don't know, Ryan. I don't know. How do you feel about these coming after your boy? Oof, yeah. Feels like a personal attack there. I think, uh, you know, it's pretty clear he must be sleep deprived over there with the, uh, with the, the new right. grand son. But, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't agree. I'm very high on Josh Allen this year. I think uh, he's going to be right up there with all five guys that he named uh, in his top five. Uh, do also have Hurts, so I'm glad to hear he has Hurts in his top five. Sounds like number two. Um, I don't know. I think it's bold to say Josh Allen is not going to be there. I think he definitely will. I mean, you know I love Josh Allen as well, so uh, it def- definitely is bold. He's universally a uh, top two worst, top three quarterback pick early rounds. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see how that one plays out, but that's what makes it bold. Moving on, we got uh, Scotty Rapazzotti, who uh, I think might be from his uh, – giving us his bold prediction from his pool, but let's give a listen. All right, boys, here we go. It's the Scotty Rapazzotti. While you're all sitting around talking about my team and trades and working the waiver wire, your boy here is sitting in the pool, 85 degrees, cigar in one hand, beer in the other. Y'all just working the waiver wire. Season hasn't even started, and you're real nervous already. But here's the bold prediction of this upcoming season. The Pats finish last in the division. You want to know why? Mac Jones, dog poopy. Here's the second bold prediction. The Bills don't make the playoffs. Yep, you heard it here first. The Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen do not make the playoffs. 
So bold prediction number one, Mac Jones, dog shit. Buffalo Bills don't make the playoffs. Boom. Wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like uh, he obviously has the same thinking as Matt there. Um, I mean, I will say I agree with one of his bold predictions. Um, definitely uh, not a fan of the Pats, but uh, I don't know. I would definitely be very shocked if the Bills missed the playoffs. I think that's honestly even bolder than Matt's prediction because, you know, Matt still had Allen potentially in the top 10 uh, and they could still make the playoffs with that. But for them to not make the playoffs would be uh, a shock all around. So that's very bold. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it is a competitive uh, division over there, but uh, in the AFC East. But yeah, I mean, the Bills have, are constantly a Super Bowl favorite. So to miss the playoffs altogether, I mean, that's that's what you want to hear in some bold predictions. Ones that like make you really, you know, gas your jaw drop a little bit. Uh, plus, got to respect the, the picture that Scotty painted uh, in his backyard right there, man. I really, really wish I was hanging out with him there. Yeah, I know. I love that part of it. You know, anywhere you can give a bold prediction from poolside, uh, you know, you're clearly thinking straight. So I get Living it. Living life. Love yeah. it. Now, moving forward, uh, our, our fearless co-host, Joey, was able to submit his bold prediction. So let's give a listen. Hey, guys. My bold prediction for the 2023 NFL and fantasy season is that the Green Bay Packers will win the NFC North and Jordan Love will be a top 12 fantasy quarterback. First, the division. This is as much a fade of the other teams as it is a pro Packers take, starting with the favorites. I'm nowhere near sold on the Lions, a squad that gave up the fifth most points in the league last year, and is still quarterbacked by Jared Goff, who has been inconsistent throughout his career, to say the least. Now, admittedly, they did improve the defense, specifically in the secondary in the offseason. They have a lot of youth on the defensive line, and these guys are in position to take a step forward this year, and they did add Jameer Gibbs, an offensive playmaker in the draft. Um, But that being said, I am still not sold and comparative to Green Bay. I think that you could make the case that each of the position groups of the Packers is just as good, if not better, than the Lions. So, um, and as for the Bears and the Vikings, the Bears were the actual worst team in the league last year. And I think we still need to see if Justin Fields can produce on the NFL field in the same way he produces for fantasy. Um, will he take that Jalen Hurts leap? Uh, for real football, I, I mean, we know Justin Fields. He runs, he'll be a beast on the fantasy side. But um, I'm not, I don't know that it's a guarantee that he'll take the same leap that Hurts did in terms of translating to wins and losses for his team. Um, and Minnesota, the handicap here is really simply that they won a historic number of close games last season. And regression is likely coming for them in that area. So now the Packers, in addition to what I mentioned earlier, I think they they have the best head coach in the division. Uh, They have a strong offensive line. They have that will enable them to continue to be a force on the ground where they have two strong running backs. I mean, Aaron Jones is, is coming somewhat close to the age cliff, but he still seems to have some juice. And I am not a huge A.J. Dillon guy after last year, especially Uh, His yards per carry numbers were um, 
less than no or you know not really anything too special but these are backs that can get the job done behind a strong offensive line that they have the defense is strong in the trenches and i really think that jordan love is going to surprise with how functional he can actually be i mean if you look at his numbers in the preseason he was 21 for 33 so 63.6%, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He rushed for 33 yards on four attempts. He didn't get sacked, and he was throwing almost six yards. I think it was 5.8 yards per attempt. So all of this, I think his athleticism, mobility, and his speed and rushing ability will make him a serviceable quarterback for the Packers in a very underwhelming division and a surprisingly strong fantasy asset. I think that he will carry guys like Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs to strong fantasy years. So I think that the Packers offense is actually going to be more fantasy relevant than uh, folks think. So Packers, I think you can get them plus 300, plus 250, plus 350, something like that to win the NFC North. I think they and the Bears are kind of depending on which outlet you're looking um, tied for or kind of the same price in, in the uh, highest highest uh, price to win that division. So there's my bold prediction. All right. By the way, Joey's eventually got to get a gambling like offshoot of this podcast. Cause <laughs> I know. I know it's a prize. I love the stats coming in, yeah. Um, I, I like it. I mean, I don't think that it's super, super crazy. Uh, obviously, they're not projected to win it, but I definitely get what he's saying about the Lions. I could see that happening. I like the Vikings, so I'd be shocked if the Packers finish ahead of them. Um, and then I've been saying it all along. I'm not a, a huge believer that Justin Fields is going to take that leap, so I don't think the Bears pose any threat, really. So uh, I could see that one happening. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I mentioned earlier that I think Jordan Love has looked pretty good and could be a solid QB too. And who knows, maybe he, he gets a little bit more touch on upside and ends up in that top 12, as Joey mentioned. That division is definitely one that uh, I don't have confidence in any team, which means that I think I could see the Packers potentially take it out. Uh, the Vikings, as you mentioned, they won, a, like an abs- I think, like seven. I forgot the exact number, but absurd amount of uh, one-score games. Um, and the uh, the the chinks in their armor armor kind of showed in the playoffs when the uh, the Giants, my Giants, who were elite, obviously, but uh, they were the underdogs and came out and beat the Vikings uh, and then looked horrible the following week. But we don't talk about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then obviously it's it's hard to hard to just have faith in the Lions, who I think might be one of the favorites to win the division right now, just because of the Lions. I don't know. There's just, there's certain teams that you just in franchise you just never feel confident about, and, and the Lions are one of them. Yeah, um, I agree. Like Joe said, they had a good year last year, but a lot of close games. So, like you said, no, I, I don't think anyone has extreme confidence in them to repeat. So, yeah, and then they had a lot of blowout games because their defense was horrendous. So it's it's hard to consistently win if you if you can't stop the other team. But moving on to uh, to my uh, bull prediction. So, like in generally in fantasy, we typically target players on good offenses. Which makes sense. Strong offenses typically rack up more yards and have more scoring opportunities. Well, this season I've found myself continually targeting players from a particular team who last year finished 23rd in total yards per game and 26th in points per game. The stink around the Steelers' offense has gone too far, in my opinion. 
I implore you to take advantage of the discount on the Steelers offense with my bold prediction of the 2023 season, which is the Pittsburgh Steelers will have a player finish in the top 12 in each of the four main positions, wide receiver, running back, tight end, and yes, even quarterback. So let's let's run through these positions and, and see if I can get you to buy in here. Uh, so first one, the easiest one, tight end, Pat Ryermuth. He is uh, currently drafted as the number nine tight end. He finished last season as the tight end eight. And it honestly doesn't take much to finish as a top 12 tight end fantasy. It typically comes down to a couple touchdowns. Uh, you simply need an average, I think, like seven and a half fantasy points per game to sneak in. So if you catch about 60 balls, 650 plus yards, and around four to five touchdowns, your odds of being a top 12 tight end are pretty good. Um, all, all, and pretty much most people in the industry, and I think many of us believe that the youth will get that, um, and potentially even surpass it. Uh, yeah. And it, yeah, yeah. So, yeah you, you buy into youth, right? Yeah, I mean, I think he's already being drafted there, so I think you know he's expected to finish in the top twelve. So that one makes sense. Yeah, I mean, and if something happened to him, have you seen the their rookie Darnell Washington? Guy is in a mountain of a man. He's six foot seven, two what sixty four. Absurd body control. I think he'll probably get like five touchdowns this season alone in low usage red zone package role. So like if something happened to the the Muth, I think uh, Washington could maybe have uh, some touchdown upside and maybe keep my prediction alive. So I have a little insurance policy there. Yeah, like you said, it doesn't take much to finish as a, a top twelve tight end. So exactly. So not bold yet. So let's yeah. move on. Let's see if we can get a little bolder. Running back. Uh, this one, still not that much of a stretch. We got Najee Harris. He, on average, was the 10th running back off the board, uh, and it's usually based on his expected workload. Uh, last year, many people viewed he had a down year, and he was still the running back 14. And this was main, mainly due because of the first eight weeks of the season, he was dealing with a foot injury from the preseason. I don't know if everyone remember that. Uh, everyone thought he might be missing time. He ended up playing, but he definitely was hampered by it. But then after their bye... Week ten on that, or week nine on the last nine games of the year, he was the RB six. Just the year before that, he was the RB four. So clearly, and clearly, I'm projecting that the Steelers' offense are going to improve. So that would only benefit Najee. Uh, now, again, if something were to happen to Najee, if you listen to the pod last week, uh, last week, you know that I'm a big Jalen Warren fan. Um, he's my main buy in dynasty. And if something were to happen to Najee, say he had an injury, I think Warren would step in and be a top ten back immediately. Um, I think even with Najee, he's going to put up low-end RB2 flex numbers. And both these guys are excellent pass catchers. And in fantasy, with running backs, you look for that because the reception is worth more than a rushing attempt. And that only raises the floor and both the ceiling for Najee and Warren. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people do kind of seem down on Najee. So I get where you're coming from there. And I think a lot of that comes from people are actually high on Warren. So, you know, to, if you're high on Warren, then... You're probably a little lower on Najee, but like you said, he's done it in the past and recently, and he finished the year strong. So definitely see him finishing inside the top 12. So I think that one's definitely got a possibility. All right. So let's see if we can get bolder. Maybe bolder. All right. Let's get bolder. Uh, let's move on. Wide receiver. Now, this is just a touch bolder. Deontay Johnson and George Pickens, they're both being drafted on average around 35 and 31 and the wide receiver position, respectively, on sleeper. It's generally a toss-up between who goes first in your draft, which makes sense because last year, Pickens was the wide receiver 37 and Deontay, wide receiver 39. But I see a lot of upside here. First, let's talk about Deontay. Last year, he didn't score a single touchdown. 
on 147 targets. That is some Jacoby Myers type stats. It's just comically unfortunate. Uh, the previous two seasons, though, in 2021 and 2020, he had eight and seven touchdowns, respectively, and he finished as the wide receiver nine in 2021. So you already know he's capable of finishing as a top 12 wide receiver. The guy is just so good at getting open, which leads me to his counterpart, George Pickens, because this guy cannot separate if his life depended on it. But it doesn't seem to matter because he just keeps making insane catches over defenders and tight coverage. Every week, I've said this multiple times, there's a new highlight catch. Um, and although I prefer my wide receivers to show the ability to get a little space from defenders, which generally leads to more targets, clearly Pickens is one of the elite circus-slash-contested catch receivers in the game right now. And he has gained the confidence of his quarterback, who has not shied away from tossing them up to him. Reddit is already enamored in, uh, with Pickens, and apparently Kevin Clark of the Ringers, too, because he claims he's the best wide receiver in the NFL. Like, the best, which is just an absolute absurd statement to make. Um, whatever it takes for some for clicks, I guess. But yeah. no matter your stance, yeah, no matter your stance, though, the Steelers have two very capable and talented wide receivers, and I don't think it should shock anyone if one of them ended up in the top twelve. I like it. Uh, I, I actually like Johnson more. I think, like you said, he had zero touchdowns last year. There has to be some positive regression there. And if he just catches a few, then he's obviously going to finish quite a bit higher than last year. Top 12 is definitely pretty bold. Neither one is being drafted anywhere near there. So if that one comes true, then you're going to get some great value uh, in drafting either one of these guys. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually – I agree. I like Deontay more over Pickens. Uh, Pickens is more of the uh, the highlight reel, but – I've been trying to get Deontay in our league. Well, I tried to draft him, and then Canel uh, sniped me, and I've been trying to trade for him ever since. I currently have an outstanding trade that Canel is still looking at. Uh, I hope he accepts, but if he hears this pod before I, he does, probably is my last chance. <laughs> you just killed your trade because he's going to hear you and uh, know how much you want him now. Right, it's the downside of having a pod, but you know what? I'm not going to hold back. I'm not going to, I'm not going to spur any narratives in my favor. It, it is what it is. I want Deontay and I expect a big season out of him, but finally see how bold we can get. It's quarterback. Uh, this is where it gets bold. Uh, Kenny Pickett is coming off the board as in sleeper as about the quarterback 22, and often he's undrafted. Um, after last season, he finishes the quarterback 28 on the back of seven. Let me repeat, seven passing touchdowns. He did add three more on the ground, but 10 total touchdowns does not exactly inspire confidence in this prediction. Uh, he never scored more than 20 points in a single week, and he had a touchdown rate, which is the percentage of your pass attempts that results in a touchdown, of 1.8%. The league average is typically 4.5%, and 5-plus being a very solid mark. So, yeah, things were bad last year. Um, yeah. Have I sold you? Uh, <laughs> now, what does it take, I guess, to be a top-12 quarterback? Um, while on average, you have to average nearly 17 fantasy points per game. This generally requires for pure packet, uh, pocket passers to have about 4,000 yards passing and about 30 uh, touchdowns. However, we know Russian quarterbacks provide so much more value by racking up points with their legs, which lowers the bar of what you have to do through the air. Pickett isn't exactly known as a running quarterback, but he also showed a good amount of mobility last year um, with 23 rushing yards and three touchdowns and really 12 games, uh, omitting the ones that he got hurt. So I think it's pretty safe to say is a solid baseline of 300 rushing yards and three rushing touchdowns. 
If he hits those marks, then Pickett only has to throw for 3,500 yards and 25 touchdowns to be knocking on the door of the top 12 uh, finish. Can he do it? Well, I just laid out that he has two excellent wide receivers, a top 10 tight end, and another potential freak of a tight end uh, TD there in TD threat in Washington, and he has two extremely talented pass-catching running backs. He absolutely has all the weapons to get it done. And you know what? This preseason, if you've been watching, he looks really, really good. Uh, so I'm all in on the Steelers this season. Feels like there's been a discount on them all draft season, and I, I say that you better scoop them up and enjoy the ride. So that is my bold prediction for the 2023 season. That's a bold one. I'll give it to you. I, I think... The first three could happen, which, by the way, love the four bold predictions in one bold prediction. You know, Dave Reed, Contact, love it. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm not sold on Pickett. I mean, I think you said he has to go from seven, seven passing touchdowns to about 25. Pretty big jump for me. Uh, I don't see it, but uh, I think he could definitely. It's like a 350% jump. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. fine. <laughs> I can see him making a jump. I don't know if he makes that much of a jump. So we'll see. All right. Well, you know what, Ryan? Take us home. Why don't you give us the last yeah. bull prediction of the book? So, so I'll go last, and you're going to love this bull prediction anyways. So it's a good one to finish on. Why do you uh, think I made it last? Yeah. <laughs> So my guy's currently being drafted as the number 11 quarterback. He finished number ninth in fantasy points among all quarterbacks last year. This year he gets upgrades at wide receiver and tight end. Some would argue pretty massive upgrades. Uh, I think he's improved as both a passer and a rusher over the last few years. So my bold prediction for this season is that Daniel Jones finishes as a top three fantasy quarterback. So I know you're going to love that. Um, he rushed for just over 700 yards and had seven rushing touchdowns last year. And we know, as you said, rushing quarterbacks have a huge advantage for fantasy purposes. For comparison, Josh Allen, who you know I'm super high on, uh, he rushed for 700 yards and seven touchdowns last year as well. So the knock on Jones is obviously the passing ability. He threw for 15 touchdowns last year, which is not great. But if you just add five touchdowns to that, he would have been the number five fantasy quarterback last year, tied with the same number of points as Justin Fields, more than Trevor Lawrence, Geno Smith, Kirk Cousins. Uh, only Mahomes, Allen Hurts, and Burrow would have had more points. I think he easily adds five touchdowns this year. The addition of Darren Waller is obviously huge, and there's been a ton of hype. Uh, on him, uh, and if he's going to be, I think he's coming off the board in most drafts as the number three, at least the number four tight end right now. If he's going to be that, you know, tight end, uh, I think it's going to come from touchdowns, and I think Jones uh, is going to see an uptick in touchdowns. So if people are believing in him, you got to believe in Jones a little bit. Uh, obviously, the Giants are all in. They gave him a massive contract, four years, hundred sixty million, eighty-two million guaranteed. Uh, he has Barkley, um, who you know had a resurgence last year, so he has the run game to rely on. Um, you know, Jalen High at Paris Campbell as well. I think it all falls into place this year, and I think Daniel Jones finishes as a top three quarterback. You know, I love it, and honestly, too, another little tidbit: they just restructured his contract, so I think it freed up six to seven million dollars. So they might make another move at some point this season. Hopefully, I don't know, maybe 
I'm putting it out there. Mike Williams, uh, Mike Evans, excuse me. Give me Mike Evans out of Tampa Bay for a, someone who's not a slot receiver on the Giants. So that would be making a better chance to be a top three quarterback. So I love it, Ryan. I love it. <laughs> I knew you'd like that one. So, but, yeah. but to be clear, he's not knocking Josh Allen out of the top five like Matt thinks, you know? No, <laughs> no. But, but it's going to be Hurts. Alan and then DJ, right? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <Yeah. laughs> nice. Well, those were our bold predictions. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. And thanks to our league mates for uh, sending us yours as well. That was awesome. And uh, before we sign off, kind of a bold prediction is kind of picking your fantasy MVP of the year. So, or MVP of this, of the NFL season, whichever way you view it. So, um, it's always hard to predict who you think's going to do it, but I want to. I figured it'd be fun for us to kind of throw it out there. But so, Ryan, why don't you send us tell us who your MVP is? Yeah, so I'll go first because I really didn't go too bold with this. You know, I was going for who I really actually think will be the MVP at the end of the season. When you initially asked, Josh Allen popped into my head, but I think that's just wishful thinking. I don't actually think he he gets there. Um, you know, I think it starts with Mahomes. If you're going to talk about the MVP, then Mahomes is always in the running. He's there every year, and unless something crazy happens, he'll probably be in the running again. Although with the news of Kelsey, maybe that does put a little dent in his chances. Who knows? Um, but the guy I actually am going to go with is Joe Burrow. Um, not, not a bold prediction, um, but I think he puts it together this year. Uh, he's obviously been there these last couple of years, and I think – uh, he actually takes it home this season and, and wins the MVP. Awesome. Love it. I think I think that's a pretty solid, safe one. He's got a lot of weapons as well. Yeah. Um, all right. And and Joe, as if you were here, I'm going to toss it over to you. Who is your MVP? Hey, guys. So for my fantasy MVP, I'm going to the mid-rounds and going to select Jahan Dotson. I think Jahan Dotson is going to be one of the top five to ten wide receivers by the end of the season. Uh, total fantasy points and you're getting him at an, an extreme value at his current ADP. Uh, the handicap here is really simply that not only is Dotson an incredible player who showed a ton of skill last year and a great deal of promise, uh, he's in a situation where Sam Howell has impressed me in the preseason and even if Sam Howell struggles, I have a lot of confidence in Jacoby Brissett who was sustaining Amari Cooper to I think like five wide receiver five overall through the first eight weeks of last season. Um, so I'm confident in the quarterback play. I'm confident that they're going to need to score a lot of points because their defense is not great. And the fact that Terry McLaurin already is dealing with injury in the preseason and turf toe is notoriously an injury that lingers for a while. This could be a situation where if Jahan Dotson's getting you know, 10, 12 targets a game. Um, I think that he's going to be as close to a league winner as you can get in at that round at that or that part of the uh, your draft. So Jahan Dotson, my fantasy MVP for 2023. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a popular one. He's been flying up draft boards. I think a lot of that does have to do with Terry McLaurin getting injured, but yeah, I mean, he he's he seems great, so I think he'll definitely have a good year. I, I mean, I love him. I have him in a few other leagues. Um, I, he just always seems to get open. I'm also a big Howell guy. I have been since last season in, in Dynasty, and I made sure I got him in this league. Uh, Dotson is the only regret in the startup job. I did take Trey Lance right before him, obviously, mistake. Looking back on that, 
Uh, I thought Dotson would be a little overlooked and I could get him on the next round. And he was the immediate next pick after that. So I've been putting that down every single time I look at Canales' roster, who, as I mentioned, sniped every young wide receiver from me. Uh, but no, I love the pick. I love, I think Howell will support him. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I hope so because that means my other teams will be doing well. So for me, my fantasy MVP is obviously Trevor Lawrence. No, uh, <laughs> I do think he's actually going to be in contention. But really, uh, I'm going to have Darren Waller, and you kind of touched upon it before. Am I biased? Yeah, maybe. But uh, everyone wants to have positional advantage at tight end. It's why Kelsey go used before the injury news that broke today was going in the first half of the first round. Mark Andrews almost never made it out of the third round. It's because it provides such a huge advantage uh, every single week. Um, but you have to use such high draft capital to get those guys. And I truly believe Waller's going to dominate this year as the number one target. I mean, Andrew's the number one target for uh, the Ravens and Kelsey is for the Chiefs. Waller is that for the Giants. Uh, I could easily see him finishing as the tight end two this year. And honest, and one of the biggest reasons why Kelsey gets that bump to the first round is that last year he scored 100 more points than the tight end two. That was an additional six or so fantasy points per game. So not only will Waller, I think, finish as tight end two, I think he's going to close that gap significantly. Where Kelsey, yes, has the fantasy points per game advantage, but I don't think it's going to be as drastic as it was last year. And you're getting Waller in the fifth, sometimes sixth round. So you can scoop up a lot more value in those uh, first early rounds and then still get a premium advantage at the tight end position a little bit later. So that's why I think he is going to put up Kelsey light stats and be your fantasy MVP. Yeah, I definitely agree. I do think he makes a jump and is up there with the Kelsey and the Andrews this year. Um, obviously, I just did my whole spiel on Daniel Jones. So if he's going to be a top three fantasy quarterback, then Waller's probably going to be on the other end of it. So I like Ryan's it. Ryan's in. You heard it. Ryan is in I, on my end. I'm, I'm in on it. I like it. I love it. Well, this is our first pod under an hour. I hope you guys enjoyed it. This was a really fun one. And honestly, guys, two days and we got real football. What do you think, Ryan? Two days. Can't wait. It's going to be fun. And, uh, yeah, we're excited to do this throughout the season for you guys. Oh, yeah. ready And get ready for uh, more freak, frequent pods coming up in the fantasy soon. Thanks again, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, everyone. Dynasty Podcast. Tune in next time.